Uh, thank you for your word and um, just uh, the truth that's in it, <clears throat> Lord, as we uh, just uh, walk through it daily, uh, not just on uh, church on Sundays, Lord, but as we walk through it daily in our personal lives and uh, just see the way that um, uh, it is uh, just affirmed through uh, people who teach and preach it. And uh, Lord, it really does change our lives. And so I uh, thank you for uh, just giving us <clears throat> clarity when uh, it's a world of uh, confusion. And so, Lord, I do pray that you would speak to us today. Uh, it's been a it's been a minute, but we're going to get back into the book of 1 Corinthians and uh, just kind of start moving along uh, with that again. Uh, Lord, I pray that the things that we uh, we talk about would uh, not be confusing, as sometimes this topic can get confusing, but it would be clear and concise that your word would uh, just present itself uh, true and mighty, as it always does. Thank you for a good report of uh, the King's Mighty Men uh, retreat that was this weekend. I thank you for the men who are involved. Uh, just to pray for the young men and the dads and uh, the relationships that were uh, just built uh, through everything that went on there. There's a lot of things that uh, happened at the church uh, just this week and a lot of ministry happened. And so, Lord, I do pray that you're getting the honor and the glory from all those things uh, and that, you know, we just present ourselves uh, just as a living sacrifice daily uh, as sometimes we like to um, just let our flesh get in the way. And so I pray that we are just laying our life down for you uh, more and more every day in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, open up to the book of 1 Corinthians. We've been working through 1 Corinthians for a little over a year now. I can't believe it's been that long. Actually, I can, but it, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, so 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And so we've, we've had a little bit of a break uh, from 1 Corinthians, and so now we're going to get back into it. Uh, Easter has come and went. Uh, if you missed last week, uh, it was, it's really odd. Usually you would think that like on Easter Sunday it would be really full, but there was a lot of stuff going on and Passpoint was actually really light last week, but, um, there was some, God gave us some really cool stuff last week if you want to go back and listen to that, but I wanted to, uh, get back into 1 Corinthians. And so as you get into, uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 12, well, before we get there, Let's just kind of review the book a little bit, and I don't want to spend a lot of time here, just a few minutes, but uh, the way that it's kind of broken down so far, we understand that the book of 1 Corinthians is uh, it's a rebuke letter to the church at Corinth. Um, we're going to talk some today, and I'm not much one to get into like time of writing and this book before that book and things like that. I just... I. I honestly just believe that the Bible is preserved the way that it should be preserved, and uh, we don't have to worry about things like that. But we will talk a little bit about that today, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians to the church at Corinth because he had established it, and he had you know, had some things going, and then he was getting uh, word that things weren't going so well. Uh, and when I say so well, uh, they were acting like a bunch of knotheads, right? You ever been to... You ever walked into church and you know, you've seen somebody uh, or you know heard some things about somebody? That, it's like, what in the world are you doing? You're not only making yourself look like a fool; you're making the church look like a fool. And so that's what this book is all about: is Paul is giving them basically a rebuke of what are you doing? Uh, and so for the first six chapters, uh, it's all rebuke. Like, why would you do that? You need to you need to stop doing that. Where did you even come up with that? Right. And it's just over and over and over again, uh, this rebuke. And then chapter seven through nine is his response to some questions that they had asked him. Uh, they had some specific questions on marriage and some different things. And so he takes a few chapters and he just basically answers their questions. Right. And so that's the uh, chapter seven through 
9 and verse and chapter 10, he basically gives uh, a reminder of, hey, don't forget where the nation of Israel came from and that they are a picture for us to, you know, try to learn from throughout. And then we get into the rest of the book, uh, chapters 11 through 16. And so chapter 11 took us quite a while to get through uh, between the Lord's Supper uh, topic and, you know, how we do the Lord's Supper, why we do the Lord's Supper, all of those things. Uh, very practical. And then uh, the section on, you know, worship and talking about uh, long hair, not long hair, the authority structure, all the different things. And so some really good stuff in there. But chapters 11 through 16 uh, is what I would call, you know, Paul's refining of doctrine. He, he basically takes some doctrine and he's just like, hey, let's let's talk about that for a minute. You know, you, you talk about subjects uh, such as the Lord's Supper, such as worship, such as today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Again, it seems like we just talked about this not very long ago, but uh, again, it's coming up. So we're going to talk about spiritual gifts, uh, talking about uh, just the, the doctrine of love, talking about uh, the gift of tongues, which we're going to get to that in chapter 14, and man, you won't want to miss that. Uh, I'm working on my best uh, impersonation of uh, speaking in tongues, and so, not really, but, what? <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been waiting. Uh, just got to pray for it. And you, no, I'm kidding. Uh, somebody will listen to this, and you guys are all going to get me in trouble, and because <laughs> the recording, they don't hear what you say. They just hear what I say, and then... <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've actually been, so I'll just be, I, as soon as I got saved, and this is like weeks from now, but now i got to tell the story. I went, I, I got saved and I went to uh, a church with a guy that I knew. He was really influential in my life, but uh, come to find out the doctrine at the church was completely wackadoo. And I went to this like men's conference with the guy and I was really excited about it until like, it was just the weirdest thing in the world. Like they all were just like whispering to themselves and mumbling and, and even the guy that took me was embarrassed because he's like this, it was just all a show and an act and it was the weirdest thing. Like I could try to explain it to you, but bro, I would have been gone faster than, yeah, anyway. Uh, and, and then we get to, you know, chapter 15, uh, talks about the resurrection. We spend a lot of time talking about the resurrection. So the book of first Corinthians that, you know, from basically chapters 11 to 16, there's a lot of really good doctrine, uh, a lot of really clarified doctrine and stuff that you can take. And, you know, it's not stuff that it's like, well, I was really wondering about that in my life. You know, usually we're more worried about, you know, especially in this age range of, of people in, in past point, we're worried about raising kids and, you know, uh, being married and just the things, you know, some of the practical things in life. Not that you have to be married or anything like that, but just the things that the day to day life. But it's good that the Bible does clarify itself when it comes to some of the deeper doctrinal things of life. And so as we get into this today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. And so first Corinthians chapter 12, your title, if you're a title person, I'm not. But uh, under just just it's really basic. Today is really basic. I was going through and I was throwing a bunch of cross-references down and uh, I took them all and I threw them all out because I want to just basically talk about this and I want to uh, just chat about it and make sure everybody is on the same page because too often when we get to a topic like this, we can basically overly confuse it with uh, 17 different cross-references that all say different things and trying to prove our point. And so uh, I just basically want to let you ask questions if you have questions as we go through this and make sure that we understand it. Because uh, the section in Romans chapter 12, when it talks about spiritual gifts, is very 
clear. But this section in 1 Corinthians gets a little confusing, and so we'll get into that. So understanding spiritual gifts is your title if you're a title kind of person today. So let's just kind of read through the first uh, several verses here, and then we'll, we'll circle back around. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, we don't have to wonder what he's talking about. He's very clear. Brethren, so he's talking to people that are saved in the church. Sometimes you need to make sure you clarify who he's talking to. Uh, I would not have you ignorant. I like the way he says that. Don't be dumb, right? Uh, I'll just, you know, clarify the way that I read it. Like, so when, when my boys leave, speaking of, you might want to text to make sure he's not asleep in his car. That's what he does. But anyway, uh, so when my boys leave, we used to always say, uh, make wise choices, right? Paige always still tells them this, say, make wise choices. And so I just tell the boys now, uh, we have a, Britain's almost 18 and Brian's 19 going on 20. And I just tell them as they leave the house, don't do dumb stuff. And she's like, why do you say that? It's the same thing that you say in different words, right? But they can understand what I'm saying a little better. Don't, don't do dumb stuff. Make wise choices. But anyway, he says here, uh, I would have, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles. Understand that the book of First Corinthians is written to a church that they're not Jewish in background. Uh, these were people who uh, didn't have a religious background at all. Paul came into uh, the, to the, the, the city of Corinth and it was very worldly and he basically evangelized. That's crazy. Uh, and they received the gospel. That's even more crazy. They got saved. They established a church. So he's talking to a church and he's like, hey, don't forget, you were lost once too. Right. And so if you're looking for a way to kind of track with what he's saying, he's like, don't forget that you were lost. You were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols. And what he's talking about idols, there was a different God for a different thing. And we'll get to that in a minute. Even as you were led, meaning there were people that were trying to drag you into this stuff. Verse three, wherefore, I speak, I give unto you uh, to understand that no man speaketh by the spirit of God called Jesus, Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, uh, but the Holy, uh, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. I'll circle back around and explain all this in a minute. Let me just get through it. But the manifestation of the spirit, notice that the word spirit is capitalized every single time because we're talking about the Holy Spirit of God when he's talking about the spirit. But the manifestation... Of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit of the word of wisdom, and another the uh, word of knowledge by the same Spirit, another uh, faith by the same Spirit, to another uh, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, uh, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. By all these worketh that one in the selfsame uh, Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Okay. So most of you are tracking with what Paul's saying here. Some of you, though, and I, I don't say this uh, in a bad way, but some of you have probably only heard spiritual gifts ta or taught in a way that uh, is talking about the list that you would see in the book of Romans. And so some of you are looking at this and it's like, what? I can have the gift of healing, right? I can have the gift of tongues. I can have, uh, you know, all well, we'll get there. So th there's a reason I didn't. I, I want to make sure that we just kind of work our way through this, right? And understand the way that all this is fills back there, you know, laying his hands on Meredith healing her. This is, this is good stuff, right? Uh, you need to listen, sir, and make sure we understand what's going on here. Okay. So the, I have three things. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. 
Here's what I have for you today. Three things to understand about spiritual gifts. It's very basic. Three things to understand about spiritual gifts that Paul's talking about as we walk through this, okay? Three things to understand about spiritual gifts. The first thing that you need to understand in the first several verses here is that you need to understand that if you do not have Jesus, then you do not have spiritual gifts. Meaning, if you're not saved, you don't have spiritual gifts, okay? The first thing that Paul is trying to relate here, and so if you're lost today and you're like, well, I want something, get saved, right? It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, but you don't get spiritual gifts if you don't have the Spirit of God inside of you. That's not hard to understand, but man, some people, they just don't get it. That doesn't mean that you don't have the gift of maybe running fast or jumping really high or different things. Like, everybody has physical gifts, right? Some people are really smart. Uh, some people uh, can do a lot. Of, I mean, I, everybody can do different things. It's, the point is, uh, spiritual gifts are something that are given by the Spirit of God. Okay, so the first thing that Paul's trying to say uh, in the, at the beginning of the chapter in the first three verses is, if, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have spiritual gifts. He says, and I'm going to move pretty quickly through the first two points because we're going to settle in on the third point because that's where the confusing uh, the confusion comes from, and I don't want there to be any confusion. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would have uh, I would not have you ignorant. Basically, saying, make sure you understand what we're saying here. That's all he's saying when he says that. You know that you were Gentiles, you were lost, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Meaning, you'd follow anything when you were lost. You'd do anything, right? Uh, I used to have uh, a saying when I was lost, and I even say it sometimes when, now that I'm saved, I probably shouldn't anymore, but uh, I'll try anything once. I used to, as a lost guy, I, I, I'd try anything once, right? Uh, it, just because it's like, why not? And I'm not talking about even things you shouldn't do, but like, it's even, you know, it's, it's life. Go live it, right? And But he, what he's talking about is, uh, he, he says that you were Gentiles, you were lost, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed. Right? Basically, he's saying, no man that is saved is going to curse God, right? Go back to the, I don't have the reference, I threw all my references out, but the reference in the New Testament in the Gospels where Jesus says, man, what's the story? It's the story where he says, how can I cast out devils if I am the leader of the devils, right? He says, you call me Beelzebub, and why would I, if I am uh, the chief of the devils, cast out devils? That's He's like a house divided against itself. I can't stand. Same thing. Uh, if you're going to be following Christ, if you are led by the Spirit of God, you're not going to call Jesus a curse, is what he's saying. Basically, live, you're, you're going to live like you have the Spirit of God inside of you. It's, it's very simple is what he's saying. Uh, Jesus is a curse. And what he's really trying to get to in this verse, in verse 3, that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Meaning, stop trying to play like you're saved if you're not, and stop trying to live like you're lost if you're saved. That's basically what he's trying to say here. He's laying it all out there. Stop trying to act like you're saved if you're not, and stop trying to live like you're lost if you're saved. It's basically what he's boiling it down. If you're going to claim to be, if you're going to claim to be something, live it. Right? Man, I could get behind that. If I could just get up here and say one thing every week, it would be that. Hey, if you're going to be saved, act like you're saved. What's that mean, Jason? I don't know. Read the book, right? Um, At some point, you shouldn't have to have somebody walk you through everything. The Word of God is pretty plain and simple. If you're in it, 
daily. If you're in it, it's going to reveal things to you. Not that I'm not willing. I love to teach the Bible. But man, at some point, the Word of God should be guiding you. The Word of God should be leading you. Okay, so basically what he's saying here is this this section on spiritual gifts that I'm getting ready to talk about, if you're not saved, you don't have them, right? If What he's trying to say is we can start talking about you know the gift of this and the gift of that. Uh, why don't you have the gift of the grace of God first, Right? That's what he's saying. If you're not saved, you don't have any of that. You don't have any any spiritual gift in your life if you're not led by the Spirit of God. Okay, so that's a pretty basic point, but I want to make sure you guys understand that. Moving on in verse 4, and the second thing you need to understand about spiritual gifts, I told you, I'm going to move quickly because we need to get to the last point. Uh, understand that all gifts are pointing to one God. Understand that all of these gifts, all the gifts that God is going to give, are pointing to one God, okay? And you shouldn't, you, you, you might be thinking, well, why do you have to explain that, Jason? Um, well, I mean, if you were to ask Lauren, Lauren spent a lot of time, how many months were you in India, Lauren? Yeah, she, almost a year she spent in India. Uh, and in India, and I'm not talking about just India, but every place in the world is different, uh, but there's a lot of places like this, there was a different God for everything. Right? You could go to the sun god. You could go to the fertility god. You could go to the I need more money god. You could go to this god, the that god, the ever. And you might be like, what are you talking about? I'm not kidding. It didn't matter what time of year you went to India, there was a festival to some different god. Right? It is crazy. And so the point here that he's trying to make in verse 4, he says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Now this is where I was talking about, notice, he starts talking about the spirit over and over again. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God that worketh in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit with all. Basically what he's saying is, everybody's got a different gift. If everybody had the same gift, it would be kind of weird. It'd be like in the body, and he uses this example, and we'll get into this next week, uh, if everybody was the foot, you wouldn't have a hand, right? If everybody did this part of the body, then you wouldn't have that. If everybody wanted to be Pastor Brian, there wouldn't be anybody to watch the kids or to take care of the... Well, I shouldn't say that because Brian teaches the kids as well, right? Uh, if everybody wanted to be a deacon, you know, or if everybody wanted to do this, find what God has called you to do and do it well, right? Man, I wish people would grasp that. Find what God has told you to do and do it well. And just because somebody else is telling you you should do it doesn't mean that's what God's telling you to do, by the way. But whatever it is that God's telling you to do, do it well. He says, there are diversities of gifts. Everybody can do different things. Some people are really good at teaching, right? Some people are really good at preaching. Some people are really good with the gift of ministry. They'll just serve their tail off, right? Some people are really good with the, the gift of administration. Man, they can just line things out. It's really well and... Right? Everybody's created differently. That's, that's the point, right? There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. The same God gave every person these different things, okay? Now, just so, because people ask this question, can I have more than one spiritual gift? Yes, right? Some people have multiple. Some people only have one. That's okay, right? Some people can run fast and catch a football, right? Some people, they just... they. The, everybody's created differently is the whole point, right? Uh, verse 5. And there are differences of administrations, basically on how you work out those gifts that you were given. But the same God. Again, 
Still the same God that gives you all these things. In verse 6, he clarifies it even more. And there are diversities of operations, meaning how you use your gifts. But it is the same God that worketh in all. It's not just that some people have different gifts. Some people use them in different areas. Some people are able to use them even in the lost world, right, for different things. Like uh, somebody who has the gift of, uh, of prophecy. Well, today, the gift of prophecy is somebody who is basically a preacher, somebody who is able to take the word of God and give it to people. Generally, if you have the gift of prophecy, you're a really good public speaker. So you might be really well in your job in the lost world at public speaking for different things. Okay, so what he's saying is it's still God that gave you the ability to do those things. Now, just so you know, just because somebody's a good public speaker does not mean they're a good preacher. Um, I've seen that. But anyway... Uh, and there are diversity of his operations, but it is the same God that worketh in all. But, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit, meaning how the Spirit is being used in your life, is given to every man to profit with all. Meaning, your spiritual gifts, they're given to you for one purpose. It's not so that you can do good things in the world. Right? It's not so you can... It, it's to give God glory. Right? Understand that all gifts are pointing to one God. We don't live, well actually we do, we, we live in a, in a country that there's more idols than you see in India, right? Uh, ours come in fancy cars and big houses and, uh, you know, sports teams and you just go down the list. It's just, it looks different, right? What? Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> Is that still a thing? American Idol still a thing? <laughs> I remember when I was dating Paige, going to see her at her house and uh, her family watching American Idol. Like that was that was a long time ago. It wasn't 64 years ago, but back in the Carrie Underworld contestant. Oh, Underwood. Underworld. Anyway, I didn't even know that's a thing. You guys keep getting me off track, but I have no idea American Idol is still a thing. The the whole point. The whole point is there are places in the world where you go to a different God for everything. Oh, you, you, you can't have children. Go to the fertility God. Uh, you can't do this. Go to this God. You can't do that. Go to that God. Right? Uh, today, I, I would want to go see the sun God because it's not very warm outside and it's been warm. But like, the point is we live in a world, we live in a world where you can have what you want at your fingertips. The problem is what we have at our fingertips isn't always what we want. Right, and maybe you don't, you're not catching what I'm saying, but we live in a world where everything that we could want is at our fingertips. It just happens to be my phone sitting here. If you spend twenty five dollars or more, you can have same day delivery. There you go. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, but the point is, like, we have the word of God at our fingertips, and a lot of times that's not what we want. What God is saying is, you can have all of that, and it all comes through me. You can have everything. It doesn't matter what gift it is. It doesn't matter what you're desiring in life. It comes through me. It all comes through one God. All of these spiritual gifts that we're getting ready to talk about for the next 15 minutes, they're pointing to one God. It's not saying, well, look at this guy. Now he's really good at this. Or look at that guy. Now they're really good at that. The point is, God gets the glory, right? It's not about, well, that guy's really good at preaching. Man, we should go follow him. Or that guy's really good at this. Or we should follow... Um, the, the point is, it all points back to God. How are you using what God gave you to give Him glory? Because if you're not using what God gave you to give Him glory, you're wasting time. 
Like, that's just as black and white as I can put it. Right? He gives everybody the opportunity, the availability, uh, and, and the ability to do those things. Are you allowing God to get the glory through it? Right? That's the question. Okay, so the last point, because this is where I really need to get to. Because let's just be honest. This list of spiritual gifts is confusing. Because it's like, wait a minute, I thought we didn't have that anymore. Wait, I don't think I had it. So, let's just read through this. The last, the last thing that you need to understand about spiritual gifts is you need to understand the difference between sign gifts and spiritual gifts. I understand the difference between sign gifts and spiritual gifts. And this is where I had tons of references, and instead I want to just talk through this. So let's just read through this really quickly, and then we'll make some sense of it, okay? Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit of the Word uh, of wisdom, and to another the Word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same uh, Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another uh, prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, because nobody can understand what the guy said before that, right? Uh, but all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Okay, so a few things I want to just get out. As far as the the speaking in tongues and, and understanding all that, I'm going to just hit the pause button on that until we get to chapter 14. Because we have an entire chapter that we're going to break down uh, what speaking in tongues was, how it was used, uh, and what it is today. Okay, so we're just going to hit time out on speaking in tongues until we get to chapter 14, which we're not very far from it. Okay, so there's no reason to teach it all twice. But you also need to understand that there is a difference between what the Bible calls spiritual gifts and what we today know as sign gifts, okay? As sign gifts. Most everything in this list that we just read are what we know as sign gifts. Does somebody, somebody explain to me, if, if you think you have it right, right off the top of your head, what a sign gift is. Sign gift was a sign for the Jews. Like right. It was Right. So sign gifts were given for a short, specific amount of time for such a time as what was happened. Sign gifts were uh, available to certain people, most often apostles, but not always only apostles, right? Because there were even just common people who could speak in tongues or could uh, hear in tongues, and just, okay, I told you I wasn't going to talk about tongues. For the most part, speaking in tongues was just the ability to speak a language that you didn't know. It wasn't talking gibberish. It would be like if I could just all of a sudden start speaking fluent Spanish, right? And you'd be like, well, I didn't know Jason could speak Spanish, or German, or whatever else. And then the, the interpretation of tongues would be, I only speak English, right? Uh, I know piquito espanol, not much, right? Uh, I would like to know more. Because that means that I could speak fluently if I moved to Mexico. But anyway, uh, the, the point is, the interpretation would be I could understand. It would be like, uh, so those of you who don't know, uh, Doug's uh, younger daughter uh, lives in Germany. So by nature, she can pretty much speak German now, right? And so she could come back. Uh, and, and, and for a couple weeks and speak German. And I could be like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. But I would be lying. Like, you know what I know about German? Uh, bratwurst. That's about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just as far as German, so there there was the ability to understand a different language. Okay, so that's the tongue part of it. But a sign gift was a. It was for a short amount of time after Jesus 
was crucified and resurrected because the Word of God wasn't in the hand of the people, right? And so God was using... I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this to make it to make it stick, right? In the book of Acts is where you will find nearly all sign gifts and for a short amount of time after that, right? That's why you start seeing it leak into the book of Corinthians or some of the uh, epistles because, because Paul wrote these in that time frame, okay? So they were given in a way, like at Pentecost, they were able to speak in tongues or uh, do different things. Jesus sent his disciples out uh, to heal, right, or to do different things. We don't have people come in now and use like anointing oil. I know Jody will try to give you essential oils. Those are not anointing, anointing oils, all right? I didn't. I'm not knocking your essential oils. Don't glare at me like that. Yo, know, but there is no such thing as like a, a healing oil today. Why? Because now we have the Word of God. Now we have the faith in knowing that we can just simply pray that God would take care of those things. I can pray that God would heal this person. I could pray. But a sign gift was a time that Jesus was gone. People didn't know if he was gone forever, if he was coming back. Like he he showed himself to certain people, but not everybody. And so it was a time for multiple people to see works of God that normal people couldn't do for them to grasp a hold of the power of God. Well, we don't... What about before Jesus? Like, I guess it wouldn't be a sign gift because the Spirit... It wasn't a sign... No, those were just gifts of God that he was he, he temporarily do that. But as far as New Testament goes, um, that's a completely different bag of worms. But as far as the ability to do, you know, things like speak in tongues, uh, heal people, uh, what is it, uh, the gift of miracles, right? Yeah, you, you had you had people that you you could raise people, like, all of these things. Why did why were they available then and they're not available now? Because we have this now, and they didn't have it then. We have the power of the Lord in our hands. They didn't have that at that time. Like they, if you go back to the very beginning of the book of Acts and you start reading about what happened at Pentecost, right? It says that the Spirit of God came on them. And I actually just read this the other day. It's one of the coolest things. And I told you I wasn't going to do a lot of flipping, and here I am. But this is just kind of a... He, he would do certain things... To get your attention, okay? So uh, it said when the the Holy Ghost came on them. Let me find it because um, verse Acts chapter two in verse one. It says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord and in one place. There was a huge group of people searching for something. Right? Some of them knew Jesus, some of them didn't. And it says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Well, this is the Holy Ghost coming, okay? It doesn't say that there was a wind from heaven. It was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. I don't know if you stepped outside yesterday afternoon. It sounded windy. It's supposed to be even worse today. Like, we associate the sound of wind with the feeling of wind. Right. And, and and sometimes it's like crazy. You go outside and it, it was the sound of that, but it was completely still. Right. And that's what we're talking about. This is one of the things that we're talking about, like something that's not normal, something that's like that shouldn't happen. Right. Those, those that doesn't work like that. That's what sign gifts were. They were a way to present God's power 
in a way that it's like, that's not normal. You shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't be able to understand Greek because you don't speak that, right? You shouldn't be on, you, you shouldn't be able to, to, to do that. You shouldn't be able to, so that's the difference in layman's terms, right? Of what a sign gift is. It was a gift for a short amount of time that basically was able to magnify uh, what Jesus could do, what the power of God could do. So let me ask you this. Why do we not have them today? We don't need them. We have the Word of God. Like It's, it's plain and clear. right? We don't have to have those things. We don't have to have people... It, it's actually more of a sign for us now when somebody comes in and says that you know they're going to warm up their, their healing oil and that's, that's a sign that something's not right, right. Or you, know, you go somewhere and everybody's speaking gibberish and they're calling it tongues. That's a sign of like, what's going on here? Uh, so when it talks about these things, because here's the question that I asked for a lot of years. This is the New Testament, right? This is Corinthians. Why is the book of Corinthians talking about these like they are spiritual gifts, right? Okay, well, Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians. Paul also wrote the book of Romans where we get our, for today, list of spiritual gifts. The book of 1 Corinthians was written before the book of Romans, right? Paul is having what we would call in in Bible terms progressive revelation, realizing that, hey, Things are changing. Jesus is now gone. Uh, the way that the gospel is going forth is changing. Uh, no longer is are people going to see Jesus face to face. We saw him raised from the dead, and now he's in heaven. We now have to get the word out a different way, and so it's it's very different now. So when you look at this, and you're like, well, that's a contradiction in your Bible. That's not a contradiction. Paul's saying these were gifts at one time. These things actually happened. Go back to the book of Acts and read about them. But once he started to realize, hey, these things don't happen anymore, then when you get to the book of Romans, the, the gift, the list of spiritual gifts is completely different. And so we'll get to that here in a minute and I'll, I'll roll through it very quickly because we've talked about it before, the list of spiritual gifts now. But just very quickly as we roll through this list, I want to make sure you can differentiate between the two, which of these are sign gifts that aren't happening today and which of these are spiritual gifts. So the first, he's just simply using this as an example. He says uh, in verse uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For one is given the Spirit of the Word of Wisdom, and is another given uh, the knowledge by the same Spirit. Meaning, some people are given the ability to really understand things, and some people are just given the ability to just know things. You ever know, met somebody that's like, how do you know that? And it's just like, I don't know, I guess I was just born with useless knowledge. I don't know. It's just it, What he's saying is God gives every person different things. To another... Faith, okay, we don't have the spiritual gift of faith because we're all given the same amount of faith when we get saved. Some people aren't given more faith than others. You can grow in faith once you, uh, once you start walking out, uh, your life in Christ, but everybody has the same amount of faith because it takes the same amount of faith to get saved. Uh, to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. That is a sign gift. To another, the working of miracles. That's a sign gift. These don't happen anymore. To another, prophecy. The gift of prophecy is still applicable today, right? Uh, and that is basically the gift of preaching. To another, the discerning of spirits. Uh, that's a sign gift in the sense of discerning, uh, you know, like witchcraft type of spirits and things like that. Um, you find where I was. Uh, 
Yeah, so it's says, to another diverse kinds of tongues. We will get to that in verse 14. But, just so you know, you cannot speak in tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, but to all these, uh, to the self-same uh, spirit, dividing to every man several as he will. Okay, so the point is, he gave, he, he gave this list, this list of what he would call spiritual gifts at a time when these were still happening. But sometime from now until when he wrote the book of Romans, uh, some people would say that's three years, some people would say that's five years, it's somewhere in that area. Um, things had changed. He's like, hey, people aren't just walking around healing people anymore, right? Uh, people aren't just walking around, you know, saying this and it's happening. It doesn't happen anymore, right? Uh, when people pretend like they're talking in tongues, uh, they sound like they're speaking in gibberish. Like all these different things, these don't happen anymore. When you When you... Confuse these things, doctrine gets really messed up, right? And so you have to understand how to rightly divide. And sometimes rightly dividing is just simply understanding when was it written and how was it written and all of these things. And so some people would say, well, why is it preserved in the Bible? Because it happened in the book of Acts. Like these things actually happened, but they just don't still happen, right? When's the last time you saw somebody uh, whip out their you know, healing oil and, you know, grandma rose from the dead or, you know, whatever. It just doesn't happen, right? We can pray. God heals people all the time. But it's not because we put oil on them. It's not because we uh, have the gift of healing or the gift of... It doesn't work like that, right? It's a completely different list. This list is mostly all sign gifts. They were given in a certain time period because God was not physically present. And so he was using the first several years after he resurrected to get these things out so that the word of God could be magnified in a way that it couldn't because we didn't have the word of God. They were trying to, if you read the book of the beginning of the book of Acts, there's like 2,000 people getting saved, 5,000 people getting saved, thousands of people saved. Why? Because these gifts were like, the power of God is real. Well, you know how that happens today? We have the word of God and we know that the power of God is real because we have it in our hands. They didn't have that. There had to be something to span that gap. Okay? So, very quickly, flip over to Romans chapter 12. Because if you're like, well, I, if these aren't the spiritual gifts, what are the spiritual gifts that we can have today? That we have in our lives today in the church? I'm just going to read through them. I will give you a couple minute max what they are, and then we can circle back around. If you want, I spent like multiple weeks teaching this when I was going through Romans, so go back and listen to it if you want to. Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. It sounds a lot like what he was saying in Corinthians. It's because he's, it's, he's saying the same thing, he's just expounding on the list of gifts that he's given because these are what are manifest now. Uh, having then gifts differing according to the grace let us, uh, that is given us, whether prophecy, the first gift is prophecy, let us prophesy uh, according to the, uh, the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or teaching, uh, on teaching, or uh, ex- exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so there's, here's the spiritual gifts. I'll go through them very quickly, give you an example, and I'll move on. If you have questions, we'll circle back around. The first one, uh, he says that uh, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is just, in, in the Old Testament, a prophet did what? They heard God come to them in either the Spirit of God or different ways. God would speak to them, and then they would do what? 
they would go and tell the people what God had said. That's what a prophet was. What does a preacher do today? He goes, he finds out what God has said, and he in turn does what? Tells the people what God said. That is what anybody who has the gift of prophecy today is someone who has the gift. And I'm telling you, it is a spiritual gift because some people, they just really struggle. Like, I understand what it's saying, but to try to tell somebody else what it's saying is really hard. Like, I don't know that I have the gift of prophecy, but uh, I will say that God has given me the ability to read a passage and just break it down very which is very basic. I can outline a passage in my head or make it something you can grab a hold of. And that's not like because I'm smart. It's That is the gift of God because I couldn't do that before. Right. And so I will say that I don't know if, what you would call that, but uh, it is a spiritual gift being able to read something and then in turn take it and apply it and give it to people. So the gift of prophecy is just that being able to take the word of God and give it to the people. The next one, it says um, ministry. People who have the gift of ministry are people who will just serve their butt off. It doesn't matter what it is. They're the people that you, you could call. It doesn't matter what time of day, no matter what's going on. They just want to minister. They want to be in the ministry. They want to minister to you. They want to minister to your family. They want to serve all the time. Deacons always will have the gift of ministry. If you don't have the gift of ministry, you shouldn't be a deacon, right? And so that's just, it's just, it's simply that. It's just simply ministering to people. The gift of ministry. Um, on teaching, uh, or he, so the next gift is the gift of teaching. There are people that have the gift of teaching that don't have the gift of preaching. Man, they can teach the Word of God, but man, to have like power behind it, it's just like you're a really good teacher. Praise the Lord. Uh, so every... I, I won't even say that. So anyway, uh, there are, there's a difference between the gift of prophecy and the gift of teaching, though. You know, everybody's... I'm not a very good teacher. I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I can preach better than I can teach. It just is what it is. Uh, but anyway, so uh, teaching. Uh, that's what the gift of teaching is. Uh, on exhortation, this is somebody who is just... They can just build anyone up. They've always got a good word to say. Hey, attaboy, man, you're doing a good job. I actually hate that. I hate it when people tell me you're doing a good job um, because it's like... Most of the time, those are just mouth words. Like, what am I doing? Tell me what I'm doing a good job at, right? It drives me crazy when people are like, you're doing a good job. I'm doing a good job at what, right? It's just, it is what it is. I'm not knocking on you, Jody. (laughs) Jody says that all the time, and that's just, but no, I just mean like to me personally. Some people, they just need to hear you're doing a good job. I personally, I'm like, I don't like it when people tell me like, you're doing a good job. Perfect, man. I would rather somebody tell me that, right? When I walk on the job, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" Oh man, look that way. And did you see that over there? What I'm saying is, especially when it comes to a spiritual gift of exhortation, like somebody who has the spiritual gift of exhortation, they see what you're doing, even when you're not trying to be seen, right? They say, "Hey, I see you're doing a really good job." with, you know, this child, right? I know that you were having an issue with them and, like, I see what you're doing there. Or, hey, I see that, you know, your husband's still an idiot stick, but you're doing a really good job of submitting to him, even though, like, or, or whatever. Just, like, somebody who has the gift of, of exhortation, uh, they see what you're doing when you're trying not to be seen, right? Because everybody sees what somebody's trying to do when they're like, hey, look at me over here. Do you see what I did? Somebody who has the gift of exhortation, um, they, they see what you're doing and they just want to let you know that, hey, I see it. You're, you are doing a good job. I appreciate what you're doing, right? So that's, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's what exhortation is. Seeing more than just like the broad sense of, 
Like, you're doing awesome. Well, I'm doing awesome at what? Like, I, I honestly want to know. Like, because I don't like just hearing. And I, I, it really isn't about you, Jody. It's not. <laughs> Never going to tell you you're doing a great job again. <laughs> I probably not is the thing. Yeah. So anyway, the, the point is like, be specific. Somebody who has the gift of exhortation, they're super specific and they know how to come around and, and just exhort you no matter what. Okay. So I got to get done it because I've already passed the two minutes I said I was going to be. Um, that's exhortation. Uh, he that giveth. Some people have, uh, the gift of giving. And you may, what does that mean? They would give you the shirt off their back and the shoes off their feet and not think twice about it. No matter what. Doesn't matter what it is. They would give you anything. Right? You could come in and they would be like, just take it. I don't care. Just take it. Have it. It's it's no big deal. Right? And so, whatever it is. Generally, the people who have the gift of giving, uh, they're really good at giving, if you know what I mean. But anyway, I'll just throw that out there. Uh, (laughs) He that ruleth. So, ruling is not... uh, the word that we use, we call it administration. Uh, this is somebody who is really good at the things in the background and just getting things lined up and making sure things are in line and, and good to go. And uh, I don't have the gift of administration, right? Uh, I can execute a plan violently and generally get it done, right? But uh, having a really good plan, I struggle with that. I can force myself to do it, but like just being a super good planner and making sure that all the details are taken care of and things like that, like, I'm more like, I'll figure it out, and if I need to go back to the hardware store three times, I will, right? That's just me. Like, I got to get going. I got to be moving all the time. Uh, somebody with the gift of administration, they're like, well, if we would have had a really nice plan, and so I would be the person that would say, no, no, I would be the person that would say, well, I mean, I spent the same amount of time at the hardware store three times as you did making your plan, but, you know, at the end of the day, it took the same amount of time, but... And I'm not even. I'm not even really talking about my wife. But did you spend time at the hardware store? Or did you call your wife and say, "Babe, I don't"? Know. <laughs> she says that because I sent her to the store this week. The the point is, you definitely should plan. It is it is biblical to plan. But that is what that is. The gift of ministry. Yeah. No. Somebody. So Pastor Brian. If somebody, if, if somebody has the gift of administration, Brian has a stinking 49 year plan. Like, yeah. I, yeah, he plans it in years of sevens, in series of sevens. He had a 49 year plan when he came to HBF to plant the church. I'm like, man, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow sometimes. And so, like, that's a gift. That's a spiritual gift to be able to do that. Okay, and then the, the last one, uh, somebody who shows mercy. Uh, somebody who just has compassion all the time, right? And not that you were born that way, but it was something that you had. Uh, when you think of somebody who has the gift of mercy, you think of somebody like uh, Steve Fleshen. He just has compassion on everything, every situation, all the time. So anyway, those are the spiritual gifts that you would find in the church today, right? And so if you're confused about those things, we can circle back around and talk more about them next week. But um, for the most part, I think you guys grasp the fact that sign gifts, they aren't available today. That people don't have them today. So there's not really... I can see in the New Testament, uh, early New Testament church, it was probably hard for them to be like, well, what about the gift of healing? It doesn't happen anymore. So it's easier for me today to be like, like I understand that you go to a church that says it happens, but show me. like, It just doesn't. And so I can show you every one of these gifts, and I can point out multiple people in every category that says this person has this gift, this person has this gift. right? And so... These are the gifts that, that we roll with today. Um, you get them at the time that you get saved. 
uh, you can also grow in them and gain more of them, not because of good works, but because, you know, if God is growing you into being uh, something different uh, as you grow in Christ. And so, all right, sorry, we're way over time. If you have questions, we'll circle back around next week and uh, we'll go from there. So let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for uh, knowing our needs and knowing the needs of the body and using us as members of the body to meet the needs of the body through the gifts that you give us. Because honestly, we can't do anything in and of ourselves, Lord. We can try and we fail miserably. And so, Lord, we thank you for just giving us the ability to understand uh, how you're doing things and clarifying your word when it needs to be clarified. And so, Lord, I thank you for the Apostle Paul uh, being uh, wise in the way that he clarified this in the book of Romans. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, preach through Pastor Brian today, uh, just get all the honor and the glory from our lives and uh, just uh, allow us to be used of you however you would use us, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.